Welcome to God Squad Church. You may be seated at this time. Thank you so much for being here. Hope you guys are having an absolutely amazing day so far. My name is Pastor Boz. If you're just tuning in, I'm the community care pastor here at God Squad Church, and I have the pleasure and the honor to preach again this week. It's my third time this month. I honestly don't know at God Squad Church if I've preached this month and this much in one month, but I'm excited to be able to bring you guys this sermon today. But I have a question for you guys first. We have a bunch of things in life that we have faith in. We all have faith in so many different things. Apart from religion, we all have faith in something. Who in here, put a five in the chat or raise your hand in the room, that you have a specific developer, a game developer, that you know for a fact when they come out with a game that you are going to have the greatest time in your life and your expectations are always going to be met? There's no hands in the room that, okay, we got one hand in the room. Amen. Apparently, expectations are pretty low here. But anyways, I'm sure there are some fives coming in the chat. But here's the thing. I know for a fact that when Nintendo comes out with a game, that I'm going to get a high-quality, finished game. Finished games... They're, not, they're kind of rare, to be completely honest, at this point in time. But I know that when Nintendo comes out with a game, it's going to be a finished game, apart from DLCs. Every game has DLCs. But I know that it's not going to have a ton of bugs. I know that I'm going to be able to enjoy it for a good time and a good part of my uh, you know, hours spent. I'm going to enjoy it. I know Fife is probably sitting over there snickering because he hates Nintendo stuff. But you know what? That's okay. But I love The Legend of Zelda. Yeah, Amanda knows. Legend of Zelda, I know that when I buy a Legend of Zelda game, that I'm going to sit down and I'm going to have the greatest experience. I love the old formula of Zelda. I love the new formula that they've come out with, with Breath of the Wild, and I know that it's going to be an amazing experience. However, there's also other developers out there that I have zero faith in. A lot of times they come out with a game, the servers are broken. I mean, let's be completely honest. Call of Duty is an annual game. They've been doing this for 52 years. Get the servers right in the first day, okay? You know how many people are going to be playing, but there's a lot of games out there that they're just broken when they come out. There's game-breaking bugs, which essentially means that when you're going through and you've gotten through 82% of the game, all of a sudden a bug comes and you actually can't progress anymore and you have to start the entire game all over again. It's very a defeating feeling. I've had this happen to me multiple times in my life. And my faith in those developers, they're pretty low. Now, before you get your pitchforks and your torches out, I'm okay, let me finish my thought here. I don't have or didn't, I'll say didn't have a lot of faith in a game coming out on August 31st, New World. Before you get your pitchforks out, okay, I know, I know. A lot of people are sitting there and they're, they're ready. They're, they're ready in the chat right now, okay? I know, I know, I understand. But here's the thing. Amazon Gaming doesn't have the greatest reputation as of yet. They've only come out really with one game called Crucible. That was their first released game. And apart from many mixed reviews and also negative reviews, it didn't really get the chance that it needed to become a good game, but they unreleased the game. So already the reputation is already kind of down the tubes at this point. But now they come out with this trailer, something called New World. It looks exciting. It looks amazing. The combat looks fun. You're watching the trailer, and it looks great. And they say, it's going to be released May of 2020. We're in 2021, and it's July, and it's still not released yet. It's coming out in another month, actually, from today. But here's the reason why I didn't have a lot of faith in New World. 
they came out with something called the preview last year. Three to four months after the original release date. I'll be honest, I played the preview and it stunk. The combat was clunky. I felt like I was going to the same person, go get some chests, go get the chests, come back to the same person, go kill some zombies, go back, kill some zombies, go back to the same. And it was the same thing over and over and over again. And I didn't enjoy myself. So I went back on the Steam. I got my money back. And I said, you know what? My expectations when I watched the trailers of New World were pretty high. But then after I tried the preview, my expectations started to go a little bit lower. My faith in Amazon gaming was not that high anymore. I played the beta, okay? Get your pitchforks. Put them away. I played the beta. It's getting better, all right? It's coming out in a month. I'm excited to put a few hours into the game. It's going to be good. But anyways, but the thing is, I think this happens in life a lot with us. We have so much faith in God that he's going to do something, and our expectations of what God's going to do in our lives are so high. And I hear a lot of people say, well, I have all the faith in the world in God, but I think a lot of times, and I know this is the same for myself, It's not always my faith in God. Really what it is, it's my faith in what I think God should do. What I think the timing is. And it has nothing to do, really, with having faith in God and his proper timing when he wants to do something in your life. And I think we do this a lot. So I wanted to bring to you guys today, the title of my sermon is What Faith Brings. What faith brings. I hope today to encourage you to keep your faith up, or if maybe you don't have faith right now in what God can do in your life, to renew your faith. And I think there's three important things that faith can bring. There's a multitude of other things that faith can bring. But I want to bring to you guys three things today that I think are extremely important that I see that are in our community that we need more faith in these areas specifically because these are the things that we struggle with on a daily basis. And so the first thing I want to bring to you guys is that faith brings protection. I wanted to use the word resistance here, but resistance sometimes can have a negative connotation. So I wanted to say protection instead. You see, the book of Ephesians, Paul tells us that we have the armor of God. We have the helmet of salvation. We have the breastplate of righteousness. We have the belt of truth, the gospel shoes, the sword of the spirit. And we have something called the shield of faith. The shield of faith. And what he says, he says the shield of faith essentially is supposed to put out the fiery darts or the fiery arrows that the enemy is shooting at us on a daily basis. But what are these arrows and darts that the enemy is shooting at us? The first thing I would say is temptation. It's a temptation that we struggle with every single day. Whether you struggle with something like swearing, rage, pornography, alcoholism, gossiping, maybe you struggle with disobedience to your parents, maybe you struggle with lying, thieving, there's a whole bunch of things that we struggle with on a daily basis, and the enemy knows where to shoot. The enemy is smart, okay? I'm going to give him a little bit of credit. He is smart and he's sly. He knows your vulnerabilities. He knows that when you woke up this morning, did you put on the armor of God? Because he knows that if you didn't, it's going to be really, really hard to avoid that temptation that you know you've been struggling with for years. And he's going to start firing arrows in those spots specifically, knowing that if he hits the right mark, that you're going to go down a path of destruction. The other arrows that I think the enemy brings 
is the whispers and the lies that they put in your ear. Let me tell you, the enemy has done this to me one too many times. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. A lot of times, and maybe you've had this yourself, that the enemy will whisper in your ear telling you that you're something that you're not. He'll say, you're a bad husband. You can't even fix what's going on inside of your marriage right now. You can't fix the problems that are going on, so you're obviously a bad husband. And I'll start saying, yeah, you're right. I am a bad husband. Or he'll say to you, look at your job. You're worthless. You're a failure. Everything is falling apart around you. Your kids are running rampant. You're a bad father. You're a bad mother. You're a bad wife. And you start saying these things to yourself. And you start believing what the enemy says. And then you start saying them as well. But here's the thing. When we put on the shield of faith, it helps us to block out what the enemy is saying and to start believing in what God is saying in our life. Because you know what? The enemy might be saying that you're a bad husband, but I want to tell you right now that God, he made you a husband specifically for that individual to take responsibility over your wife. And he knew that you could do the job as long as you stand beside him. Listen, God's saying, listen, yeah, you're not perfect. You're not the best husband in the world. There's room for improvement, but I put you here for a reason because I knew that you could do this. Start listening to what God is saying and not what the enemy is saying telling you that you're a failure. You're not a failure. Listen, yeah, we all have our imperfections, but we have Jesus Christ, and when we have the shield of faith up, those fiery darts and arrows, we're a lot less vulnerable to the enemy. A lot less vulnerable. You see, the shield of faith, it's not just used as a defensive weapon, as defense, but it can be used as offense as well. I feel like we're passive a lot of times against the enemy, and we can't be passive. Think about it this way. If somebody walks up to you on the street and they attack you from behind, you're not just going to turn around and say, whoa, hey, hey, hold on there. Let me reason with you for a couple minutes. I don't know if they're mugging you, if they don't like you, whatever it might be, but you're not going to try and reason with this person. They're already beyond all reasoning at this point. They're trying to incapacitate you for some reason or another. Now, I'm not telling you to run away or to fight somebody if this actually happens to you, but for a point of this example, let's just say you do fight back, okay? But anyways, they attack you, and you turn around, and instead of saying, hey, hold on there, buddy, don't, don't worry about it, you actually fight back against them. You want to push back against what's going on because you don't want to be incapacitated by what's going on. And I feel like a lot of times with the enemy in our spiritual life, in our physical life, we fight against so many things. But why in our spiritual life are we sweeping things under the rug and being passive about what the enemy is doing to us? And we got to stop doing that. We have to have our shield up. I want to bring to you guys to 1 Peter chapter 5. And it's going to be verses 6 through 9. Paul, or Peter says this here, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he, that he may exalt you at the proper time. At the pro- Our expectations are not at the proper time all the time. I want to be healed right now. I want my marriage to be fixed right now. But God's saying, I want to exalt you, but it's not time yet. At the proper time. God wants to exalt us. Verse six, or verse 7, casting all of your anxiety, all of your worries, all of your fears on him because he cares for you. 
Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. But resist him. Firm in your faith. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. We've got to stop being passive. We have to, listen, the shield of faith, when the Romans had their shield, they would have it so that they could push back at the, yeah, they would block the fiery darts, but they would push back against the enemy as well. And we as Christians, we need to start fighting against the enemy and giving the enemy a black eye in every single area of our life. So when the enemy tells you that you're a bad husband or that you're a bad wife or you're a bad father or you're a bad mother, we need to start saying, I'm listening to God instead and who God says I am, not what the enemy says I am. I am. That is, it is a lie. Stop listening to what the enemy has to say to you and start listening to who God says you is. The second thing that I think faith brings is faith brings healing. Now, I want to put a little bit of a precursor to this because I've seen this happen a lot and it, and it, and it, it upsets me, and I, I understand why people do it, and I think they have all good intentions. I'm not saying that people do this with bad intentions. But there is a lie that happens a lot in church today. I'll see somebody walk into church, and they have some physical issue, mental health issue, maybe they got some spiritual, emotional issue going on, whatever it might be, and they'll tell somebody about it. And a person will put their hand on their shoulder, and they'll say, you just don't have enough faith. It's just a lie. That is not true. Any faith that that person had at that point is being crushed and destroyed. And like I said, that person had good intentions, but it's just not true. And so what I say here, I don't want you to think that I'm telling you today that maybe you haven't been healed because you don't have enough faith. That's not what I'm saying. But I do believe that faith does open a door for healing in your life. I truly believe that. We see so many times in the Bible where Jesus is walking around and he's healing people. He's healing so many different people and he doesn't say it's because of what you've done or anything like that. He says it's because of your belief and because of your faith. And so there's multiple times in the Bible. Let me give you a few of them. You have Jesus healing Simon's mother. Simon was one of the disciples. He believed in who Jesus was. He believed in his power. This comes from Mark chapter 1, verse 29 through 31. He had faith that his mom would be, his mother-in-law would be healed, and she was. Jesus cleansing the leper in Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. Jesus heals the centurion's servant. In Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13. And in this one, he walks up to the centurion and he says, I have not found anyone that has faith like you do. And it even says that Jesus marveled at his faith. And it was because of his faith that his servant was healed. Jesus heals a paralytic man. Matthew chapter 9, verses 1 through 8. Jesus raises the ruler's daughter from the dead and he healed a woman who bled for 12 years. Matthew chapter 9, verses 18 through 26. Jesus cures two blind men and opens up their eyes. From Matthew chapter 9, verse 27 through 31. And right after that, Jesus cures a mute man who couldn't speak for his entire life. Matthew chapter 9, verses 32 through 33. 
Jesus has, he keeps going around and saying that these people have faith because of your faith. This woman that touched my garment, it wasn't that she touched Jesus' garment. It had nothing to do with that. He didn't say, because you touched my garment that you've been healed. No, he turns around and says, because of your faith. He felt the power of healing leave him. And he says, because of your faith, you've been healed. Because of your faith. We need to believe that God can and that he will. Many of you know that back in January of 2018, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And when I was diagnosed, I'll be completely honest, I had all the faith in the world that God was going to heal me. I would get on my hands and knees every day after work. I would go into my office. I would have communion by myself. I would take a cracker. I would take grape juice, and I would have communion by myself, just spending time with God. And I would pray over my multiple sclerosis, and I pray over my wife's healing as well. But over time, I don't know when it was, I still believe that God can, But I'll be completely honest, even while I stand on stage here, I can tell you that I don't really believe that God will. There's a lot of fault with that. Like I said, I don't know when that happened. I wanted to be that first person where doctors would read articles and they would say, wow, somebody actually saw healing from multiple sclerosis? This has never happened before. The lesions that were in his brain are on his spine. They're being healed. We've never seen this. This is only a miracle, and we could not have done it. This is a miracle of medicine that we've never seen. I wanted to be that person, to be able to give people testimonies and say that God healed me. But over time, I lost that. I forgot. So instead of believing that God could and that he would, I still believe that God can, but honestly, I stopped believing that he will. Now, here's the thing. God might never heal me from my multiple sclerosis. Even if I have all the faith in the world, he still might not heal me. But you see, there's another story in the Bible where Jesus shows up. He shows up in Nazareth, his hometown, and he goes there. And it says that Jesus couldn't do any healing or any miracles because they didn't have any faith. Now, Jesus is God. He can do all things. All things are possible through God. He could have healed them. But here's the problem. They had their doors shut completely. They had their faith completely shut down. I don't think that what God wants is to be walking around to door to door and forcing every single one of them open. He's saying at the proper time, if your door is open, I'm going to lay my divine hand on you and I am going to heal you. So God might never heal me of my multiple sclerosis, but that doesn't mean that I don't have to believe that God can and that he will. I need to keep believing that. I have to keep believing that because if God walks by my heart and he sees the door shut, he doesn't want to force it open. He wants to see that I am willing, that I believe that he can and that he will do it. The door needs to stay open. So whoever out there is facing something right now in your life, 
where you have physical healing that's needed, where you have something mental going on, depression or anxiety that you need healing in your life. Maybe your marriage is being tarnished and you're on the verge of divorce. Whatever you need healing and mending in your life, don't stop believing that God can and definitely don't stop believing that God will because he can and he will. At the proper time, God will exalt you. We just read that in 1 Peter. At the proper time, in his timing, he will exalt you. He is a good God and he loves you. He knows exactly what is perfect for you. Leave the door open. Don't be shutting it down on him because if the proper time does come and you have the door shut, I don't expect God to force it open. I don't deserve him to force it open. I don't even deserve healing in the first place. But God doesn't want to force the door open in your heart. He wants to see that you have faith that he can and that he will, no matter how long that does take. And I know sometimes it takes a really, really long time. The last thing that I truly believe that faith can bring, and this is probably the most important thing, is that faith brings righteousness. Faith brings righteousness. The bar to get into heaven is way too high for humans. It is way too high. There's no possible way that we could step over this bar, okay? We sin once, and that's it. That's a free way to, that's one way ticket out of heaven. You ain't going back. That's it. You just, you sin once and you're done. This is the reason why we have Jesus Christ who died on the cross for us, so that we could be saved of our sins. But if you sin once, you're already out of heaven. But here's the thing that I hear a lot of times from people. I've heard, Pastor Boz, I get this Jesus thing. You're talking a good talk about Jesus, and it sounds like he's got a lot of power. But I'll become, I've done too many things in my life. I got too much baggage. I've hurt too many people. There's no possible way that God or Jesus could save me of the things that I've done. I want to tell you today that if you don't believe that Jesus can take care of the people that you hurt and the baggage that you're carrying, then you underestimate the power of Jesus, you underestimate the power of the cross, you underestimate the power of his blood, and you underestimate the power of his name. He is a God that can save you from anything that you have ever done. I've heard this a lot, but he can save you, and he can get rid of your past, and he can change all that around in your life for the future. On the other side of things, I've heard some people say this. Well, Pastor Boz, sounds good, but I need to get my life in order before I accept Jesus. I, this one, guys, it's not about getting your life in order so you can come to know Jesus. You've been trying for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, however old you are. You've been trying to get your life in order, and it's still not in order. Jesus Christ is saying, I am here. You can't get your life in order. You don't have the power to do it. So if you accept me, I'll get your life in order. So you need to come to know me so that I can make you righteous. You need to come to know me so you can get your life in order because you can't do it by yourself. We need to stop believing to get our lives in order. That's how we come to know Jesus when Jesus is the one that wants to come into your life and get your life in order for you. He wants that. I, 
So many people have said this to me, and I'm like, you got to understand something. We are inherently bad people. We have all sinned. Romans tells us, the book of Romans, chapter 3, verse 23 says, we have all fallen short of the glory of God. There is not one human on the face of the planet that has not sinned except for Jesus Christ himself. We, only God can get your life in order. You can't do it by yourself. So stop believing that you got to get your life in order to accept Jesus Christ because he's standing right there. He's saying, I will put it back in order for you. I love you. In spite of all the things you've done, I love you, and I will get that. I will make the change in your life that you need. I want to read for you guys. It comes from Romans chapter 4. Paul's writing about a man named Abraham here, and this is, he writes this thousands and thousands and thousands of years after Abraham had already lived and died. You can read about Abraham in Genesis, but Paul says this in chapter 4, verse 1. He says, What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, has found? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has done something to boast about, but not before God. For what does scripture say? Abraham believed God. It doesn't say that he did something for God. It doesn't say that he lived a good life. It says that he believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wage is not credited as favor, but as what is due. But to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies who justifies the ungodly, his faith, his faith is credited to him as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing on the man whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven and whose sins have been covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into account. You see, Paul says Abraham here, he's not justified because of the good things he's done in his life. He's not justified because, honestly, at this point when this was being said, there wasn't a whole lot that Abraham actually did. It's just a matter that he believed and he had faith. Abraham didn't have it all together. We see if we read his story, he didn't have it all together. But God put things back in order in his life because he believed and he had faith. When we read justified in that word in scripture, for us, that means that in Christ, we are forgiven and actually made righteous in our living. We got to stop this backwards thinking of, I need to be righteous before I accept Christ. Christ is righteous. God is righteous, and he will live inside of you if you accept him, and he will get your life in order. And then you'll start seeing what your works look like. Then, if you truly accept Jesus Christ, you'll start producing fruit that's good for other people. There's a lot of you today who probably do know Jesus Christ. But as I was speaking, maybe you've started thinking, well, I, I don't have as much faith as maybe I need. 
I don't have that protection. I, 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 don't, I don't resist the devil like I should. I need more faith because on a daily basis, I let my shield down. I let my vulnerabilities be completely clear right here, whether it's the temptation or lies that we talked about. Maybe you need faith in that area of your life. A lot of people need healing. I need healing in many areas of my life as well. Whether you're, like I said before, struggling with something physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, God can bring healing. Believe that he can, but also believe that he will because he can do this in your life. And then finally, there's many of you out there that maybe don't know Jesus Christ today. Maybe you've said a prayer in the past and you felt good for a couple days or for a week, but you never really felt a significant change in your life. Maybe there's people out there who never had the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ into their life. You're thinking, I got to get my life in order, or I have too many things that I'm holding on to, and Jesus can't save those things. I want to tell you right now is the time. This is your opportunity to accept something that is so perfect and so great. He can give you an abundant life. He can bring you joy. Listen, the devil is here to steal our joy. He is here to kill our, our spirit, and he's here to destroy our faith. But Jesus Christ can save you from all of those things. Because when he went to the cross, he didn't care how much baggage you were carrying. He went to the, to the cross in spite of how much baggage you were carrying. Because he loves you. He wanted to die for you. And because he died on the cross and rose from the dead. His blood covers our sins and our hearts for all of eternity so that we can have forgiveness from God, so we can be with him forever. So I want to give you an opportunity right now. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ in your life, you've never seen this, this significant change, you want that faith, you want that life, you want that hope in your life, I want to tell you, you have an opportunity right now. And if you would like to accept Jesus Christ into your life, I ask you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I come before you right now. I believe in your son, Jesus, and I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that he rose from the dead. And right now, God, I accept your grace, your mercy, and your salvation. And Jesus, come and live inside of my heart. I commit my life to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give it up for those people right now that are accepting Jesus? Put some hype in the chat. Put your hands together. Praise God. Amen, 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 everybody. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer for the very first time in your life, here's the deal. The Bible says that the old life is gone, the new life is coming. Here's the deal. You just made a big decision, and we want to celebrate that with you. And if that's you in the chat, hey, would you be bold? Would you go ahead and just type yes in the chat? If you prayed that prayer, today is the day where you're becoming a follower of Jesus. We want to celebrate it with you. But anyone watching this right now, if you did pray that prayer, we don't just want to have you pray a prayer and then just go on life as normal. The reality is becoming a follower of Jesus is the biggest decision you will ever make. And we want to equip you with what that really looks like and what that means. So go ahead and type exclamation point next level in the chat. That's going to give you some next steps. 
Like, what does it mean to pray? What does it mean to be water baptized? How do I get plugged into church? Where do I start reading in the Bible? And we want to equip you with that information so you can continue to grow in your relationship with Jesus. That's what you just started. You didn't just start following a ton of rules. You didn't just become a professional church goer. You just became a follower of Jesus. And we want to help you understand what Jesus is. Put your hands together if you were blessed by that message from the good old Pastor Boz. Put some hearts in the chat. Every single week, you and I have the opportunity to hear these messages, to have these life-changing opportunities where people are being encouraged by the Word of God, but also where people are hearing about Jesus for the first time. I mean, we had literally people in my stream earlier today watching me shoot people in the face playing Halo that are in church right now hearing about Jesus, and every single one of you, you make that possible. Together, the church of God, the family of God are giving people opportunity to be blessed and have their lives transformed. We want to say thank you so much to every single one of you, sincerely. Thank you for your sacrifices and for your generosity by giving here at God Squad Church. Literally every single week, lives are being changed. We want to say thank you. Giving is our privilege. It is not our responsibility that, oh, I have to do something. No, we don't give because we have to. We give because we get to. We get to see lives being changed. We get to be a part of literally generations of families being changed because they're hearing the story of Jesus. We get to be a part of the people today that were typing in chat, man, I needed this message. Man, I had a hard week. Man, I was struggling, and today I'm being uplifted. We get to be a part of that, and you get to be a part of it too. We want to say thank you for those that are doing that. And here's the deal. Maybe you've never given here at God Squad Church. We've got multiple safe and secure ways in which you could do so. Very, very easy. You're going to see some steps on the screen. You can see that you can go below the pen or to be able to give via PayPal, you can see that you go to our website. You can give one time or reoccurring at whatever amount that you are comfortable with. Also, you can do something very, very simple. You can text 84321, text any amount that you're comfortable giving, whatever that might be. Thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for giving and thank you for partnering. Why? So we can impact lives around the world for the glory of God. It's absolutely incredible and thank you for being a part of it.